All right, Darby, I think we just got to jump right into this. We're doing a special podcast. Uh, it's just you and me here uh, doing a special podcast. Not raise your voice. It's not the hit show. But there's playoff baseball tomorrow, and the Rays are going to be playing the Blue Jays. So we just wanted to hop on and just chop it up for a little bit and uh, talk about this this huge three-game series. And uh, I think we just got to jump right into it. How are you feeling nerves-wise? Honestly, pretty good, oddly enough. I feel like the the Rays down the stretch did what they needed to do to kind of kind of really set the stage, go into the playoffs pretty hot, playing well, trying some different stuff. I think playing three against the Phillies and, and that Phillies bullpen was a, a nice refresher. Uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. Uh, hopefully next year you'll have, you know, nine new people in that bullpen because that was, that was brutal. That was brutal to watch. But uh, yeah, the, the Rays, I mean, they, they, they ended the season really strong. They got to that 40 win mark, which it doesn't really mean much, but to me, it's just very clean, right? right. Three years ago, the Rays get to 90 wins, which isn't nominally different than 89, but it feels better, right? It's a 90 Definitely. win. Then that led to a wild card. Now this year, this was a hunt, over a hundred win pace, forty and twenty. They won two thirds of their games in this short season. So ending strong like that, getting to that forty wins, winning the division, winning the top seed, it's super exciting. You know, going in, it's like now they did everything they could possibly do in the regular season. Everything yeah. they could possibly do, they they crushed this short sprint. Mm-hmm. Now onto the postseason, onto the the wacky kind of March Madness style bracket. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling less less like nervous about, you know, the season is a, a failure if something goes wrong or if this three-game series is kind of wacky. It's more like now it's out of our hands, right? It's like this yeah. is now, <laughs> bring really? it, hope for the best. But uh, three-game series is, is now an even smaller sample. So I mean, I'm feeling pretty relaxed. I'm excited. Highest winning percentage in franchise history. You know, the finish with a 667 winning percentage. I don't know if it'll be recognized as that just because it's 60 games, but really incredible what the Rays were able to do, like with the injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I said at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the year that I didn't fit. I thought the only team that was capable of building larger than a five-game lead in their division to win their division was the Dodgers because of how – short of a season it was going to be the Rays won the American League East with a seven game gap over the New York Yankees, which you can talk about how short of a season it was. You can talk about the injuries that both teams had to deal with that alone. When you're only playing within your division and the, your geographic opposite in the national league, like that to me is incredible that the Rays were able to build such a huge lead over the Yankees and really kind of like that, that happened these last couple of weeks when the games for the Rays weren't as high stakes for the Yankees and the Blue Jays. At one point, like three weeks ago, it was the Orioles were like a half game behind the Yankees and mm-hmm. they've turned it around since then. But the Rays never taken their foot off the gas after the first road trip of the year where they, they dropped all five against the Braves and the Orioles. It, there has not been a time where the entire team is slumping. And that's incredible. Second best record in baseball, the best record in the American League, which, correct me if I'm wrong, like, that's the first time that's happened, right? 2008, 2010, I don't think they had the best record in the AL. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, 
it, this was an amazing season in in that regard. It's totally different than a than a full marathon sprint or a marathon race where you have mm-hmm. to pace yourself, you have to build for the later. However, the way the Rays did it, and this is to me a testament to Kevin Cash as a manager. He, uh, in all honesty, like you know, there's a long there, for a long time because Joe Madden really did change the culture in 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 Tampa and St. Pete for baseball there. He changed the culture entirely. He brought the new weirdness that became kind of emblematic of the Rays. They, and he brought them winning. They, he brought a, a winning team to the, to the, the, the Tampa Bay area. Uh, he was always going to be kind of like on that Mount Rushmore of, of like coaches and managers. However, Kevin Cash had proven that, you know, it, this sort of diverging path, right? The, Kevin, you know, Joe Madden leaves to go find success in Chicago and now get to hang out with Mike Trout while they go home and to their vineyards. But Kevin Cash has not been a step down. It's been a, at best, like lateral to maybe even an improvement in the way that he has been so willing to adjust to any new idea, new challenge i mean this year was always going to be different right it was going to be a huge curveball to every team nobody was built for a 60 game season nobody was built to go to try to make an eight team playoff like they the baseball threw new rules and changes like during games basically as you were going like by the way this game's only going to seven bye and then just like leaving and kevin cash because of the fact that he is maybe one of the most progressive managers in the game in terms of what new idea let's try it okay Mm -hmm. Bullpenning, sure. Opener, bulk guy, sure. Uh, closer by committee. He's perfected that this year. No manager in baseball is quite as adept at adjusting to the weird than Kevin Cash, and that really proved out this year that the the Rays and and you know managers tend to get a lot of uh, credit for good that's maybe more than they should, and a lot of blame for when it's mm-hmm. bad. However, watching the season especially closely, the way Kevin Cash had to manage this season with no real spring training with the start of a spring training, then a, then a multi-month gap and then another very short spring training. I mentioned it a while back, either on the hit show or, or raise your voice, but that, that, that stretch, that first sort of couple weeks, especially with that losing uh, road street, mm-hmm. it did feel like a second or like continuation of spring training, right? It, it yeah. sort of continued spring training 2.0 and that's how Kevin Cash managed it. And I think that was the right choice. And as much as it really sucked at the time, it was the right choice to say, you know what, we're going to try some pitchers. We're not going to panic. We're not going to try to be like, win today. Like, we have to get this win against the Orioles to salvage this road trip. It's like, no, we're going to play what we need to do. We're going to trust certain guys to work through it. We have to get the work in because we didn't get it in spring. And so I think that type of managing – is a little different. He does deserve more credit than I would usually give to a manager because he really had to put, he had to push a lot of buttons this year. And some of those choices are not, uh, not easy to sort of say, like, we're just going to sit there and lose to the Orioles, but we're going to leave maybe a reliever that's not quite as good in or give them that test to say, I want to see another other inning because later on in the season, we're going to need this guy to come back for two innings rather than one and kind of try that stuff. So I think Kevin Cash, he's clearly to me the manager of the year in the AL, but I think this is one of the best managed seasons I've seen in baseball, 
period. Right. Yeah. We talk about, we can talk about manager of the year for a second because you could make the argument that Rick Renteria is deserving or that Charlie Montoya is deserving. And I think there probably is a case for those managers, but if Kevin Cash didn't win it two years ago, if he didn't win it last year, and if he doesn't win it this year, then what does he have to do to win the manager of the year? Is he ever going to win it? And manager of the year has always been a weird award. It doesn't always go to the manager of the best team. It's usually, it's either someone that hasn't won it before and put together a really good team. It's a guy that, you know, maybe has a low payroll, like Bob Melvin has won it. He's won it a few mm-hmm. times um, and Madden won it when he was here. Um, so if Kevin Cash doesn't win it, I, I think he will, but it could be close. Like when, when will he win it? Because if he doesn't win it this year, I don't know if he'll ever win it. Because it's not based on the postseason or the success you have in October. Mm-hmm. If it's based on the regular season, which is like when the voting is done, this is the year that, that he's going to win it. Best record in the American League. The whole national narrative around the Rays was funky season. They're built for this. They've got a manager for this. And Kevin Cash embraced that, and the Rays succeeded. They won 40 games this year. No one could have expected the Rays to win 40 games this year. Like, and no projection has any team winning two out of every three games that they play, unless you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, who did do that. But the, the I mean, the Rays stepped up and did it too. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he wins it just because, like, if he if he doesn't, I, I can't see a situation where he does in the future because it's almost like the Rays have gotten past the point where Kevin Cash is like the new manager on the block with a really good team. You know, there's going to be some, you know, the next guy that steps up and, and wins it with, you know, takes a team from worst to first. So, I don't know. When, I'll be when Matt, Matt uh, Quattaro goes to Boston and then they bounce back and right. spend a bunch of money and Heinz spends yeah. a bunch of money, then he'll win the manager of the year next year or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. It's like you saw Rocco um, win it last year, you know, and, and he, yeah. he, he came from the Kevin Cash tree. Uh, so, it, it's got to be Kevin. Like, Kevin Cash – all of his, you, you know, you're seeing Montoya go out and get a managerial job and take a team to the postseason. Baldelli did it last year and did it again this year. Like, they're all getting the praise, and Kevin Cash is getting a ton of praise. I don't want to, I, I don't want to be like play the victim here, where oh, no one cares about the Rays, no one cares about Kevin Cash, uh, because the Rays are getting a lot of praise from the national media, and deservedly so. So I don't want to play the, oh, we're a small market team. Like, I don't want to play the victim card. But when it comes to manager of the year, I will be upset if it goes to Charlie Montoya. Not because he's getting it, because I love Charlie Montoya, but Kevin Cash deserves it. And there really isn't, like, another manager that deserves it even close. This is it's, – it's, it's a really tough – like, manager of the year is a really weird. Eno Saras of The Athletic was talking about how he, he has the vote this year and he hates – having that as one of the votes because there's no statistics to really right. use. There's no metrics you can say like there it's, it's so much about gut and feel and what you see. And this year in, in particular, a lot of uh, writers haven't gotten a chance to watch everybody. They only watch their division. Uh, so and that's they're not a in clubhouses change. either. And they're not in clubhouses, which is a huge part of it is how does this guy interact? How does he mm-hmm. talk? And so there's so much feel about it and the game has sort of evolved way past the idea of like this feel and gut instinct thing that it is sort of weird it's still a hard thing to manage but this year in particular it really does feel like I feel like very invested in the idea that it would be a outrage 
if Kevin Cash doesn't win. Now, I did think for a while that Rick Renteria and Charlie Montoya were had a like they, it was going to be Kevin Cash is great, and then but but uh, the Rays are really good, so whatever. And they kind of people ignore it and they go like, oh, Rick Renteria, the White Sox are there a year ahead, and oh, Charlie Montoya, the Blue Jays are there a year ahead, and with Charlie. They did have to play 100% of their games on the road. They had to play in a minor league stadium. They were the homeless Blue Jays. It's a weird thing. But they're the eighth However, seed. <laughs> but they're the eighth seed. And they were a 500 team, basically. They're a little bit above 500, which is, you know, they would have probably been in a 100-game season. You're looking at probably 84, 85 wins, right? Uh-huh. Maybe they got hot get it up to like 87, 88. That's a, that's a good season. That's a really good season. That's definitely a little bit ahead. In a longer season, though, maybe that pitching, especially that bullpen, really drives them down, and maybe they only finish 82 wins, 81 wins, maybe 80 wins. Mm-hmm. That's right around where they should have been. That's where their projections were. Right. They were a fine team. They had a great young offense, and they have some flaws. They have a lot of really successes, and they're a dangerous team in the postseason, as we'll talk about. But, like, they didn't do anything different than what they should have, and they made the postseason only because pretty much everybody with a pulse made the postseason. White Sox, similarly, once the White Sox kind of had a pretty bad sort of slump at the end of the season, that might have killed Renteria's yeah. chances there. That yeah. if they would have won the division, that's one thing, but that kind of slide at the end might have sunk Renteria's chances just because you kind of want to end with a spark. And the fact that the Rays, they won everything. They won the, the most in the American League. They won the second most wins in all of baseball behind just the Dodgers. And they won the division. They won the top seed. They are the class of the American League. It's, it's kind of like, okay. And they also had the injury. So they also have that storyline. So I think they have the adversity. They have the success. They have all those things. Whereas the White Sox and the Blue Jays, great job by both of those managers. Uh, everybody. But every manager did a great job this year in the circumstances, for sure. Uh, but but I also want to say that one of the other things that I, I think should be added on, it's kind of weird here, but what should be added on to this is the safety element. Kevin right. Cash and the Rays, for like most of the season, they seem to take the whole COVID and social distancing policies and all of those policies that baseball implemented, they took them incredibly seriously. They talked about on those road trips how strict they were, how that clubhouse stayed really together about the idea of they don't want to mess this up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because that mm-hmm. does come down. It's a top-down thing. We saw how that went really poorly in some other places. Yeah. And players are going to do their own thing. It's not always the manager's fault, but it is part of that culture, right? That that clubhouse stayed together. They won together, but they also we're all on that same page of let's not mess this up. Let's not go out to a party. Let's not break that curfew. Let's follow these guidelines because this is a special season. So I think, again, everything lines to Kevin Cash, manager of the year. Yeah. If you want to reward the, the Blue Jays, uh, the executives of the year, the front office of the year, look at what they did, what they've done with this young group of players. And then this past offseason, they went out and got one of the biggest free agent pitchers on the market in Hinjin Ryu. That's really paid off. And at the deadline, they went out and added Taiwan Walker and Robbie Ray. There's a front office that's continuously made, you know, aggressive moves to try and compete, especially when their their window of opportunity came a year early. One, with, with the success of the, the young group of Bichette, Biggio, and Guerrero Jr., but also when the goalpost got a little wider and the spot, you know, there's extra spots in the postseason. 
And that's what they did. So the Blue Jays are the eighth seed this year, but they're really set up for a run where they're going to be competing for the division uh, starting next year. Um, so I don't want to belittle the Blue Jays for, for you know, sneaking into the playoffs as an eight seed. Um, but if, if the playoffs weren't expanded, Charlie Montoya probably wouldn't be as much of a candidate for manager of the year with the record that they had. So let, with, let's just, I mean, we should jump into the series. The Rays are playing the Blue Jays starting tomorrow. This will either be out on Monday evening or on Tuesday morning. Um, but yeah, Rays have a three-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays. And in a season where the Rays were so dominant and the Blue Jays were just pretty good, it could all be over for the Rays come Wednesday uh, with it being a three-game series. Ah, I don't know. Uh, Darby, that's always been my biggest gripe with this season, and I'm so happy and so grateful that they're playing baseball and that we're going to get a postseason uh, seemingly. But that, it, like, a three-game series, it could be over just like that. And it's like the Rays and Blue Jays were close this season. Six and four, the Rays won the season mm-hmm. series. Uh, three games at the Trop, obviously no fans, before they head off into the quasi-bubble. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I am very, I'm, I'm very gun shy right now. Like to, to get fully invested in this postseason run, if they can get past this three game series and get into a more traditional playoff format, then, then I think the nerves are really going to kick in, but I don't want to let myself feel let down if they lose you know, two to one in this series against a pretty good Blue Jays team. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. I, any, any three game series, like I, I, I've sort of joked about it and like the slack and on Twitter, basically I, I'd be nervous facing the pirates in a three game series right now. <laughs> yeah, like, if, they, like yeah. and the number, the number one uh, draft pick, congratulations to Pittsburgh. Uh, right. Enjoy right. Kumar Rocker. Kumar, yeah. Um, I can't wait to trade, you know, Glasnow in five years for Kumar <laughs> Rocker and plus two, like, and keep, keep Brian Hayes. And yeah. Um, so three game series is, is an absolute like mess, right? It's almost more crazy than a one game. I was just card. about to say that. Because you can't like throw everything into that game one. Cause there's a, cause the next day you're playing in less than 24 hours the next day. So yeah, it's it's totally different. It doesn't feel it feels like a prelude to the actual postseason, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's going to be exciting in that regard. And at least it is nice that you can't have like just like one shaky start and then your season's over. It, but you can have two shaky starts and your season's over. So the Rays, I think, got uh, thank you to Baltimore Orioles who finished ahead of the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So. Fourth place, Baltimore, not in the basement of the AL East. Good job, Baltimore. Um, they they beat the Blue Jays because the Yankees Yankees got spanked down by the Miami Marlins. So that was the difference between the Rays facing the Yankees as the eighth seed in a three-game series and facing Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka versus facing the Blue Jays. So that's a big difference. That that was huge. I would did not want to have to face the Yankees in a three game. Not that I want to face the Blue Jays, but Garrett Cole is one third of those games and you only need to win one more. Yikes, that's scary. In in the Rays Yankees, like that series with the buildup that it's had and it almost come to a boiling point if it if it hasn't already, it deserves more than a three game series. Right. Yeah, it, it just wouldn't feel there. So with the Blue Jays, it's interesting. They, they're going to the Trop, which is big because that Blue Jays offense plays so well in Buffalo. 
that that smaller, more weird stadium. Uh, it's one of the weird t- few times we can say a weird stadium and not say the drop. But it is a, it plays a lot differently, right? So that's going to be big. Uh, Blue Jays are very right-handed. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting because the first game is going to be Blake Snell, mm-hmm. uh, former Cy Young winner, ace of the Rays, lefty. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the one game that I think the Blue Jays have the at least the batting order advantage, not that Blake Snell is somebody that any team wants to face. And I'm sure those Blue Jays are not excited to have to face Blake Snell and then uh, uh, Glass now and then potentially Charlie Morton. But Snell is at least a lefty. So you got the position advantage except for uh, Biggio, who's the only lefty uh-huh. that'll be in there. But other than that, it's all righties in that lineup. So this is going to be an interesting game because it also is the, the one Blue Jays starter we mentioned or you mentioned earlier, Hanjin Ryu, who is a legitimate uh, ace or at least set maybe a second tier ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a guy that has thrown some amazing starts this year. He had a fantastic season and uh, he, he's a guy that absolutely could be uh, the best shot for the Blue Jays to have like an advantage. I, I think Snell versus Ryu is a close pitching matchup batting order wise. The Rays will hopefully, uh, you know, line up some good righties. We'll talk about some potential guys coming back from injury, but this is the, the game one is actually the game that I think the blue Jays have probably the closest to an edge in. We'll talk about games two and maybe three, but game one, let's say here, that is actually, I think the blue Jays have a really good shot at this one. Which is scary because if you go down one, nothing in this series, you're playing in two elimination games in back-to-back days. But if I were to refute that, I'm looking at uh, the team stats this year versus left-handed pitching. The Blue Jays, 10th in all of baseball versus lefties with a 107 WRC+. The Rays, 4th versus left-handed pitching with a 121 WRC+. Now, again, that's just the starters. That only accounts for half the game. Um, But the Rays have been able to put runs on the board against Ryu. They did it on opening day. I think they scored three against him. Um, Blake Snell, his first start against the Blue Jays, I believe was only like two innings. It was like his first or second start. Uh, it was that first start. I think it was on that Sunday when he was still getting built back up. And then in his second start against the Blue Jays, I had it pulled up a second ago. He went, oh, and I lost it. He went five and two-thirds innings, uh, struck out nine, walked one, and gave up two runs. But in terms of how sharp he looked, might have been one of, if not his best outing of the season. That was back on August 24th. Um, had a 1.57 XFIP in that game. Faced 22 batters and struck out nine of them. So, Blake Snell, a guy that, I mean, look, has looked probably better than I think a lot of people expected uh, coming off of the 2019 season. And given how weird his buildup was, he didn't make it past three innings until his fourth start of the season. Still hasn't pitched into the seventh inning, um, but a, a guy that I don't know. I don't. I don't think the Blue Jays can be excited about facing. Uh, but you could say that about really anyone in the Rays rotation, including the guys that won't be getting starts in Yarbrough and in Josh Fleming. So I, I do agree with you that if there's a game that you're going to pick the Blue Jays to win outright, it's this one. But with that being said. I'm still very confident in Blake Snell because if there's not that Blake Snell has training wheels on this year, like if there's a game that you're going to take the training wheels off and let Blake Snell get to 110, 120 pitches and let him go six, seven, eight innings, it's this game. 
and that's going to play huge for the Rays. And even if he only goes five or six, you've got your bullpen. A fully full day off yesterday. They're rested. They're ready to go. Give me Fairbanks, uh, Casillo, and, and Nick Anderson. So, uh, even and, and, though, and let me be let me be clear ahead. though. When I say that the Blue Jays, this is probably the closest to an advantage game. That I still would put it as a like a toss up, right? A yeah. fifty-five, forty-five percenter. This whole series, the Rays have the second highest percentage likelihood of winning they that uh fangraphs odds came out they're about 64.5 percent i believe so only second to the 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 dodgers series uh over the the brewers the rays are the favorites let's let's not i know it's always tough it's always i think especially for tampa bay fans in general like anytime the bucks or or the lightning have any chance of like being like a good team it's always we want to kind of like soften the edges and be like well hold on hold on we're, we're kind of the underdogs and it's like no 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 you're the overdogs the rays are they have the top record in the american league they're coming into this series a strong favorite a very strong favorite now all that you know ideas of three game series anything can happen is true however the you want to be in the rays situation here they have a, a 64 65 percent you know playoff odds and that's true like they're gonna be if you play the the fact is if you played the series out many many times over the course of the season the Rays well they did this year and over the course of a longer season the Rays would win more with baseball if you shorten that sample anything can really happen but it doesn't change the fact that they have the higher likelihood of this occurrence so if you go down the list uh, in terms of like team versus team stats right if you think about, so bullpen-wise, the Rays are the top bullpen in baseball uh, by, by Fangraph's war. They, they were the best bullpen, again, this year, after last year being the best or second best to Oakland, depending upon the metrics you want to look at. So they have the best bullpen. Starting pitching-wise, they have the better pitching staff. Defense-wise, they have the better defensive stats. Everything is, it, it actually, by DRS, the Rays were the number one team by defensive run saved the blue jays were 29th so some rough defensive uh, metrics there for the blue jays when it comes to offense that becomes where it closest because a lot of times you mentioned the stats versus lefties right i think a lot of times you would imagine if you'd ask somebody on the street who has the better offense the blue jays or the rays you think oh obviously the blue jays i can name five blue jays you know i can even say teoscar hernandez is is awesome he's been their best hitter he has been their best hitter. And so you would be like, oh, Vlad Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, Bichette. Yeah, he's amazing. The flows. He's got it. Uh, Biggio. That's a name I remember. Yeah, I know these guys are Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How is that even possible? Uh, the, but then you look at the numbers. The Rays were the better offense. By WRC+, the Rays were 109 on the season. For as a team, the Blue Jays 108. So very, very close. So even in offense, where you would say that the, the Blue Jays had the advantage, the Rays were still the better team there. So the Rays have a clear advantage, a, a strong advantage in defense, pitching, bullpen, and it's pretty neutral in offense. And the reason that is, is that I think pound for pound, lineup for lineup, one through nine, you'd probably take the Blue Jays in terms of those names. Like individual, they do have some star caliber guys, but the Rays always put their players in the best position to win. So their lineup, one through nine, will not be the same game one against Ryu than it will be game two against, say, Taiwan Walker if he right. starts. 
They will, you'll see it completely different. The Rays are the team, the first team in baseball this year to throw a one through nine, all left-handed natural left-handed hitter lineup. So they could do that again to Taiwan Walker. So what you see is versus a lefty, it's going to be different versus a righty. It's going to be different. And because of that, because of the way cash pushes those buttons, he's able to set suddenly outperform a dominant right-handed hitting lineup like the Blue Jays on the season. I don't understand how they can call this the wild card round when the Rays are the best team in the American League playing in the wild. Just call it the first round. It doesn't right. matter. Just call it like, right. only because they're only calling the wild cards. They're not even calling the teams that finish second in the division wild cards. So technically, one quarter of all teams across baseball in the wild card round are wild card teams. Um, so, and the Blue Jays are one of them. So anyway, I mean, like the, the biggest thing with the left-handed pitcher in game one, we saw it last year, a guy that came back right at the end of the regular season. We were pretty sure he was not going to play in the wild card game. Just kidding. He's batting lead off Yandy Diaz dealing with a hamstring issue. I don't know. I, I think he's got to play. I think it, it, you're going to DH him. You, you, you give him an at-bat, you know, maybe if, if it's still barking or it's still hurting him when he's rounding first base after he gets his first hit of the night, you readjust. But, I mean, Yandy's got to play, right? It's, he, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great, great quote. And basically, yeah, it's, it's looking like the exact same as last year, right? Yandy, lower body injury, uh, comes back. And Kirk Gibson's the the Oakland A's out of the postseason, right? Uh-huh. Or actually, he doubles. He he doubles. He's a two two time Kirk Gibson, right? This year, it's it's looking the same as well. Like he's he's getting back. Uh, Cash and and Eric Neander were talking about how he's looking good. Um, him and G Man Choi uh, have been taking some batting practice, have taken some fielding, so they're they're looking good. They're looking like they might be ready. Um, we won't have the full postseason roster probably until like right at the last possible yeah, chance. I thought we were going to have it today, but apparently not until, you know, classic deception. Just we're not telling you. Yeah. Ray, Rays will, will limit it. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I, I do think we'll see Yandy. If he can, if he can swing a bat, he's going to be on that roster and he might be batting leadoff. Right, you're going to see a lineup where you're going to have guys like Yandy Diaz, who for his career has a 129 WRC plus against lefties. He is a menace to left-handed pitching. You also got Mike Brasso, who really emerged as a lefty masher off the bench. Mm-hmm. You're going to see him in there. You're going to see Randy Rosarena, who has proven to be a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. unbelievably talented and exciting. So a nice battle between two former uh, Cardinals outfielders. I feel like every series has at least one Cardinals outfielder uh, in it. So you got Teoscar and, and Randy Rosarina. Um, you're going to have a lineup where you just have these, these awesome right-handed bats you can throw out there. Willie Adamas. You got uh, G man Choi is probably not going to be batting switch and he's probably not going to be coming back for this game, but maybe as a pinch hitter, uh, you never know. If Ryu is dealing deep into this game and somehow the, the, how they set up the lineup, uh, Yanni can't, can't go in the field. He can DH. So you've got Nate Lowe at first. And say Ryu is pitching into the eighth inning, it's one-to-one. 
do you let Choi bat righty over low <laughs> batting lefty? Uh, I I don't. But <laughs> Kevin Cash, he don't he he he's a he's a honey badger out there. He would he would maybe if if Choi was like, I got this. I think I got. <laughs> I mean, how do you I got say one no? more right. I got one more righty swing in me. Uh, that would be that would be a kind of a move. That would be funny. That's that's the uh, that's the baseball movie version of that game one. I mean, um, at, at one point, like halfway through the season, G Man Troy's right-handed home run was the hardest hit ball of the season for the right. I think that's been surpassed uh, multiple times. I think now, so. Yeah, it, it's probably not going to happen. But I, I will say, like, I believe, <laughs> it's a fun idea. It's a fun idea. I think. I think. It might, it might, you might have been even on that episode when we were when G Man Troy was trying it out in spring training 2.0 on or in summer camp, and we're like, yeah, is G Man gonna try it? Nah, there's no chance. There's no chance he tries in the regular season, and then he does. So, I mean, it's a it's a non-zero chance. There yes, is, exactly. It's a, non, a it's a non-zero opportunity. It, yeah. It, uh, let's try to put the lineup together. Let's pretend. Let's play Kevin Cash. Let's let's try to do this one through nine and figure out this lineup. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Leading off, I got to go. Yandy Diaz, designated hitter. If uh, if he's if he's healthy to go, I, I'd say you got to go. Yandy, he's great on base percentage. He's I mentioned it earlier in the season, right? You know the he, he kind of reminds me a lot of Kevin Euclid, right? Like this, I see that, this, yeah. This guy who, you know, Euclid had about 15 to 20 home run power. And mm-hmm. Yandy, I think, has that power, but has – he flashed it last year. This year was back to kind of being, you know, ground-based attack. But I think he could get to that, that level. But mm-hmm. he, it's that crazy on-base percentage skill. So it's not your typical leadoff guy, you know, bigger guy, not super fast. But he gets on base. Mm-hmm. And that sort of was that money ball change. Change, and that's where Euclid became like one of the most valuable players in baseball, despite he, his weird batting style and the fact that he didn't look like a superstar baseball player, but he just got on base like crazy and was pesky. I think Yandy has that similar, similar style to it. So yeah, get him on base lead off. I think the alternative there is, is Manuel Margot, who okay. is very fast, great against lefties um, has really had an amazing season. We talked about that during the slump where he, he was dealing with, with the death of his father and, and just adjusting to the new team. And ever since then, he's been, he's been a delight, like absolutely amazing player. Um, but I think if Yandy's good to go, if you are putting him into the lineup, you're thinking he's healthy. He is number one. He's got to right. be batting. And, and you also want one of Margot or Phillips to be available on the bench to maybe run for him late in the game to run for Yandy. Yes. If he's going to hit in that one spot, if it's the seventh and he gets on base and it's a tie game or the eighth or the ninth, and you've got Brandon Lau, who I would have hit in second, you know, you want someone that Brandon Lau can drive in in a ball to, on a ball to the gap. So that could be Phillips or Margot, I think. Mm-hmm. So we got one is Yandi. Number two, I think you mentioned him. I think 
Brandon Lau has been that spot, number two, and I think that's a good spot for him. And, and he's at second base, too, not in the outfield yeah. for this one. Yes. No, number three um, could be up for debate, depending on could be what you want to look at. Who would you take? I think I think it's I think I go Randy. I think I go yeah. Randy. He's been getting he's been batted as the the best right-handed bat in the lineup, and I I don't see any reason why to change that. He's uh, tons of power, tons of speed, um, super hardworking kid. Like this this guy, he he was going to make it to the majors this year despite having all the weird alt site stuff, but he was just crushing in the alt site is all the reports were was he was just abusing doubles left and right and uh, <laughs> just peppering the wall. And so he's come up and done the same. So I, uh, give me Randy Rosarania. Left field. Third, third. You think playing left? Yeah. I'm going to go him in left field. And then when we get to it, Hunter okay. Renfro is going to be in right, right field. I, I, I agree with you there. Number four, I'm going Mike Brasso. I was going to go Brasso as well. And he would What a typical – a raise postseason game and the cleanup hitter <laughs> is Mike Brasso, and we're both happy about it. Yeah, and we're, like, confidently saying. Like, if, if I was listening to this audio back in February or even, like, July <laughs> when, they, when they broke camp, and you were telling me the Rays were going into a three-game series to, to, as the number one seed, and they were playing Mike Brasso – playing him at all, let alone starting in the cleanup spot, uh, that would have been insane. And it may, might still be insane, but Mike Brasso at, at third base, or would he have to – Yeah, I, I, I think DH, you have to – Randy's in left, Renfro I think that right. this is where it comes into a, a, a trickier spot because I think – I think your big choice is going to come down to Nate Lowe – Mm-hmm. or Yoshi Tsutsugo mm-hmm. as your lefty in there. I think I like Yoshi a bit more in this matchup, so I think I have to go with, and it's brutal, but luckily I think the, the Blue Jays throw a lot of balls into the air, so it's going to be up to uh, the outfielders to come chase it down. But I think I got to go with Yoshi at third base, so that means Brasso okay. is at first that yeah he's not a, not a great defensive third baseman but he's he's flashed some okay plays um Brasso is a bit better defensively but he's also not great defensively so i don't think it's a huge downgrade so i'm going to put Brasso at first and, and if you were to go with nate low it'd be flipped you'd have nate low at first obviously and, and Brasso yeah. at, at third so yeah which, which is a again i don't know defensively which is a better mix i think it's actually a lot closer than you'd think with Yoshi yeah. and Brasso versus yeah. Brasso and Nate. He's been oh, he's been okay at, at first, but he hasn't been G-Man Choi level mm-hmm. defense at first. So I think either way you can go there. Um, but I, I think give me Yoshi and give me uh, Brasso there. And mm-hmm. then I think actually, I uh, think Yoshi after Brasso. I don't want mm-hmm. Yoshi fifth because he has that good obvious ability. Right. And, and you don't, even though Kevin Cash stacked nine lefties in one lineup, still on most days likes to mix it up lefty-righty. And if you've got a Rosarena and Brasso hitting back-to-back, the natural decision would be to have Yoshi fifth. Yeah. And, and Yoshi's uh, platoon splits aren't too crazy. So he, he's somebody that, that isn't completely dominated by, yeah. by lefties. Um, and he's a as a really pesky hitter. He works works at bats really well. So I think that's 
the that's somebody you really want there um in that spot he actually had a higher wrc plus against lefties than righties that's a small sample size thing but it, it, it he's not a guy that's completely dominated not a liability in the lineup against no. lefties at all um yeah so that's so we got uh yandy lao randy brasso <laughs> yoshi. uh yoshi sutsugo fifth um i think six i think you go willie here willie or renfro i, I would go renfro yeah. in right field but it's, i think yeah, renfro is the better way, hitter here i think it's interesting how the way Cash has batted these guys, he's put Renfro lower. Mm-hmm. So I think he thinks, but Willie's at home and he doesn't hit well right. at home this year for some reason. So I, this is a really tough matchup. I, I think that one, I would be fine with, you could flip them around. Right. So yeah. Willie, Willie and then Renfro will be uh, six, seven. And Renfro's in right field. Willie, obviously a shortstop. Um, yeah. So those we'll, we'll just... Yeah, we'll say either one of those guys, six and seven. I think you could also make the case, I, I would put Renfro in there, but if you want to upgrade the defense a little bit more, you could put uh, Manuel Margot instead of Renfro right. as your right-handed bat for the defensive purposes. You're, you're going to have Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. Yeah, you can't You can't put Margot in there at center field this yet. That, I think you have to have Kevin Kiermeyer, and he will be number eight. Yeah, d- yeah, yeah. You could go Margot. I I think the trade off is pretty big there in terms yeah. of offense and defense. Uh, if I again, I'm not gonna. I mean, we're trying to play Kevin Cash, but in my head, I'm kind of making the lineup that I would make. I would go Renfro. It wouldn't shock me if it's Margot. I wouldn't yeah. pick. I don't think it's gonna be Margot. It wouldn't shock me. But yeah, KK in center, batting eighth, and then that leaves the catching spot. Which do you go, Mike Janino, or do you go Mike Perez? Uh, or Kevin Smith if he makes the roster. That'd be weird, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Hits, he, Kevin Smith, top 10, top 10 uh, versus, right, versus left-handed pitching as a hitter. Like, in all of baseball. It's, a weird, it's, it's again, small sample. So is there stuff, a chance like Mike Zanino, if you go Kevin Smith on the roster, is there a chance Mike Zanino gets left off for this three-game series and maybe added back on for the next round? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's Zunino. But I just want to bring up the Kevin Smith thing. I mean, there, but it's possible they like his bat. They liked his bat enough to like play him on the big league roster for most of the season, even though he wasn't getting a ton of plate appearances. Yeah, I, I think the defense is a big key there. Zunino hasn't had his best season defensively, but he is a top ten defensive catcher. He's really works well with pitchers and. Uh, he's actually swung a pretty decent bat. He has the uh, like the third highest barrel percentage of all the Rays this season. So he had a pretty high barrel percentage last year, though. Not not really high, but like higher than what his numbers showed. When the barrel hits the ball, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's just just don't worry about all the times that it's not hitting the ball. But when it hits, it's spectacular. Um, no, I, he also can run into one. So like your bat, it's a nice batter. One one swing of the bat, Zunino could change like the outcome of a game, and the and, defense is there. And in this right? case, so a series, yeah, and that's and that's huge. So like that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he might go over four with four strikeouts, but right. he's also playing good defensively. So it's like one of the if he goes one for four with three strikeouts, and that one is like a least double that scores KK. 
that's that's worth it right there. Yeah. If this whole series he has one hit and it's a home run, that could be worth it. So I think defensively, I like him more than Kevin Smith by a pretty good margin. I like Kevin Smith bat more versus lefties, but I I think I have to go with Zuni. Let, let's so we've got the lineup figured out. If let's talk about the roster because it's twenty eight players. Mm-hmm. They decided to not cut that down to twenty six. We did talk about that, how like they shouldn't, and they finally yeah, it took them a while, but they eventually they listened. got there. They, they listened. Did. They're probably yeah. listening to the show. So yeah. Thanks for um, thanks for following along. <laughs> thanks, uh, Uncle Rob Manfred, for for <laughs> listening. Um, but with it being a three game series, that makes it interesting. So you talked about whether or not they would roster Kevin Smith. Probably would be a bold decision to roster three catchers for a three game series. Yeah. With that being said, you also don't need as many pitchers in the bullpen for a three-game series, especially when you know you've got your three starters healthy and they seem to be at this point fully built up with, with Snell, Glass, now and Morton, which will be the order in which they pitch. So you could make the decision to either add another position player, it doesn't have to be a catcher, or take a catcher off the roster and add to the bullpen. I would almost rather they bring in another position player and i don't know who that would be i don't have the playoff pool in front of me i probably should pull that up but i mean what what are you thinking there it's really tough it's really tough so i think you i i would say in this series right you have You'd have no real need for a fifth starter. Mm-hmm. The fourth starter, you Yarbrough is going to make the roster, but he could maybe piggyback on somebody or give you extended innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you also we have also seen that that is kind of Aaron Sledger's role, mm-hmm. right? He can give you uh, two innings with like a lot of those sinkers that really get you some ground balls, or he can go three. Mm-hmm. He can go longer. So I think for the for the length in the bullpen. Uh, Yarbrough and Sledgers, a lefty and a righty, that's who I take instead of, you know, Trevor Richards, Josh Fleming as like the, you know, guys that can go like four or five innings or maybe you have to eat some innings in a game that's, you're maybe down a little bit, but you don't want to use too much of the, the, the good bullpen and you want to save some innings, but not completely punt it. I think mm-hmm. Sledgers and Yarbrough are good for that. Um, so with the short... I think with the Rays, with the short series, the fact there's no off days, I think they can get a little bit more aggressive with their bullpen. Mm-hmm. I think JT Morgan was talking in the Slack how you could see Fairbanks and Anderson pitch all three games. Yeah. Which, which they have not done, but it is not impossible for them to do that. So it, depending upon workload, I think is the big key, right? Uh, if they have like a really tough inning, they probably are not available for two next two days. But if they are, you know, if it's if a normal, clean Nick Anderson inning, he can probably push it because there's a lot of off days before the next series. Um, I don't know who would who would be your other position player though that you would well, that you would want. Looking at would it the be pool, Kevin Smith. I no, I mean, I don't. Would it be know Wander? I, we gonna we gonna bring up Wander? I'm not gonna say that Wander Franco is going to be on the on the roster tomorrow, but I'm not saying that he shouldn't be. Like you look at, you've got to make room for Yandi if Yandi's coming back, and potentially G-Man Troy if you want him mm-hmm. for the three-game series. So right now they've got nine pitchers in the bullpen. 
one of the, the first one on the chopping block would be Ryan Thompson off the, off the roster. And then at the position players, Probably. It, it would be Kevin Smith because Phillips has no options. And I, well, I don't know. Do the options come into play with playoff rosters? No. no okay. So, so you could I don't believe technically so. leave Phillips off because I think a, that it's the regular season is when the options. Right. I, I think you're right. And so, but Phillips, you, I don't think you want to leave him off with his defense and his speed. Um, but if you have to make room for, for just one player, you could bring Yandy on for Kevin Smith, leave him off the roster, and then you could add another position player to your bench and take off Ryan Thompson um, because you've already got sliders that, that, that should make the roster, and you think Sheriff will probably make the roster. If they were to add another position player – Sheriff can also go like three or so. He's yeah. a former starter. He's getting extended. He's, we probably only trust him for two, but, yeah, he could also go. You, you can keep a guy like Fleming, who's going to be now part of the bullpen – and Yarbrough, who is probably you know going to be out of the bullpen, and if you were to add a position player, the number one candidate probably Brian O'Grady. He's been on the big league team already. Another yeah. another uh, bat that's proven at at least the AAA level. Um, but after that, I mean, the next two options and the only other options in the player pool are Vidal Brujan and, and Wander Franco. <laughs> is there a chance that they're on the roster for this series? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's always a chance. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's this is the Rays. Like, are, are you kidding me? Yandy Diaz was – You'd have again, to make room the, on the 40-man okay. for Wander. So, I, I think Wander, less so. Wander, yeah. less so. Brujan, I could see. I could see. I don't see the the fit super clean. Because you've already got I'm not gonna. Yeah, I want to say it's like a 1% though. chance for Brujan, and it's, I would say a 0.1% chance for Wander. Uh, what about O'Grady though? What do you think about trying to fit him on and adding another bat? A left hand. I could bat? see it. So I'd say that's if if G Man can't if G Man can't go, I'll go O'Grady uh, as a bench bat. But look who it is. But oh, my God, is that Danny yeah, Russell? Danny music? Russell coming in. I couldn't let you boys have all the fun. <laughs> oh, we were just we were just talking. We just did our lineup. And uh, do you want to guess for Hunjin Rio game one, who we both picked independently for the cleanup hitter for number four? Uh, I'm saying you went off the roll, uh, off the wall, went Renfro. Oh, no, we actually, yeah. we batted him lower. Uh, <laughs> no, we went with the, we went with the choice that we were again saying how if we told ourselves this uh, in July or pretty much any time in the year before August, uh, we would, try to slap ourselves we went with brasso brasso yeah which i think is actually probably going to be he's probably going to bat like fourth or fifth uh, yeah he's look, looking at the way the the roster is going to shape up i mean and then the debate was whether he plays third or first or somewhere else but we're bringing yoshi we, yeah. we ended up with yoshi would you what would you what would be your game one lineup danny i'm struggling with injuries mm. that's right. That's problem number one. It's we assume Yandy, Yandy Diaz is Yandy's in in this uh, scenario. In our scenario, yes, he's in. Wishful thinking. Yes. <laughs> okay. We wanted to do another Kirk Gibson. <laughs> and then what about Troy? Well, even if he was in, I don't know if we would have. I, I we have him healthy, but hasn't played in a bit. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's on the bench to come in. Actually, Brett, your strategy was Ryu still in there somehow in the eighth tie game g-man goes to kevin cash he taps him on the shoulder and he says kevin 
give me one right-handed bat. I got it. <laughs> and he comes in, hits a home run oh my gosh. against Rio right-handed. We'd have to redo the uh, the, the championship <laughs> round of the bracket. It's oh yeah, it's, 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 I would run through my wall. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's our that's our uh, uh, baseball writing screenplay. That's our spec script that we're going to be shopping. Uh, well, in a small sample size, we have seen an incredible performance from Randy. So I think my most difficult decision to start off is where do you bat Randy in this mix? Mm-hmm. Do you go lead off? Do you go number two? He at least needs to be in the top five. Uh, you did not go Hunter Renfro four, so I'm guessing you need Renfro at least five in this uh, in this match. We, we went a little. We we did decide to mix it up with the lefty righty matchup, so we have him. I think we had him like okay. sixth. We had six him. Or so seven. you're going Kevin yeah, Cash on this. You've got either one. You're 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 mixing in your lefty. Yeah. We had we had Yoshi fifth just because he he actually does hit lefties pretty decently, but he also gets on base, so a little mm. bit more on base ability there. And then Renfro, Willie, uh, six, six and seven. Either way, okay. We yeah, have Randy Willie Adams batting so yeah. low. I, I I've been baffled by this all season. Oh, it is at the trot. <laughs> it's his nemesis. Oh, hit him ninth. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Zanita is going to get bumped up. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Switch him with Mike. Yeah, okay. we had Randy third. We had Randy third. He's he's been such a stellar bat that you want him in one of the top spots. So, ah, uh, okay. But you could switch. You could switch if you wanted to do the reverse of what Kevin Cash has been doing with lefty lefty right left left right. You could do. Uh, Lau thir- batting third and Randy well, so that's, second. That's exactly what I need to start figuring out who's playing positions too. So I think I would well, have wait Lau a second. Third. Wait a second. Uh, that's all out the window. Um, according to Marley Rivera of ESPN, Matt Shoemaker is starting tomorrow. Oh! oh. You know who called that? Holman! He just really? sent the tweet in the Slack. Our wow. wonderful Korean writer, Holman Lee. Our I- man in the East! Charlie on Montoya. his article today about Ryu. I know. I think Charlie in parentheses, just pulled a Kevin starting? Wow. If you were reading D-Ray's Bay, you heard it there first. That is Dang. great. And I think where his brain was going with that, as the person who edited his article, was you start with Shoemaker. If you win game one, save Ryu. See if you need him. See if you need him in the second half of game two. See if you need him to start game three. Interesting. Because I think things got kind of weird with their rotation. All right, well, you let's know, finish the Ryu conversation because I want okay. to finish this against the lefty yeah. concept. So that's so, interesting. So, so Matt Shoemaker, real, real quick, I, I have his numbers. He's, the Rays have a lot of experience with Matt Shoemaker this year. He started okay. three times. He It's going from the very first in this season, when, which was – Shoemaker went six innings, gave up three hits, one run, two walks, four strikeouts. So very good start. Um, that's still in July, though. You're still in that kind of starting the season out, kind of mixing it up. And that was in the trot. Uh, next start in Buffalo against Tampa was four innings, three hits, three earned runs, one home run, one walk, seven strikeouts. So not as great. Uh, and then his last start, August 21st, against the Rays, was five innings in the trop, 
four hits, two earned runs, two home runs, one walk, six strikeouts. So he's been bit by the home run bug mm-hmm. uh, a bunch. He, uh, and he has given him up at the trop. Get some strikeouts. Uh, doesn't, he walks a okay number. For the season, Shoemaker has been the most, like, very league average, so slightly below. His fifth mm-hmm. was really rough this year. Um, he, In a lot of ways, he kind of, like, career-wise, he's had a little bit more success. He had one really big spark year with the Angels. But other than that, he's been pretty, you know, so-so. This year, uh, ERA, 471. So a little bit below league average, FIP 5.95. So he's been he's been tagged pretty good. But a lot of strikeouts. Good good K numbers. Okay walk rate. Yeah. Lots of ground. I feel balls. good about it. I liked uh Bo Bichette, uh saying that uh he was like zero percent afraid of the raise. Like, okay, oh. buddy. The <laughs> Here here's the thing. Guess what? If you lose, shave your head. That's that's if you're zero percent. Put up the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Danny, yeah. I want to hear your, your Ryu lineup, though. Whenever we see okay. Ryu. We're going to get Ryu. We're going to get Ryu at some point. I like the idea of, uh, of Brasso hitting fourth. Okay. Until with it. it's, it's weird, right? What a weird world we live in. <laughs> that we're all just like no, loving I, it. But it's, 2019, Danny has to forget I ever said that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what position Brasso's at. I think you lead off with Yanni Diaz. Yes. Mm-hmm. And due to injury concern, I'm putting him at designated hitter. Yes. I don't want him straining anything, diving to the side, left or right. Not sure what's going on there. He's just been taking BP. Let that continue, right? So Diaz, designated hitter. Number two, Rosa Reina. Mm. Okay. I want that high-intensity – uh, play the hot hand. I think he's fun uh, in a short sample size. I don't know if he's been the best right-handed hitter on the team, but I would not be surprised if he was. I think he's um, slugging percentage in team history. <laughs> there you go. If, if you so, lower the, the at-bat. How, how, how many PAs is that, 30? <laughs> Over 69, so there you go. That's, okay. that's the real standard we set. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so... And then you have to have Brandon Lau in the first three, right? So my lineup goes Diaz, Rosarena, Lau. Mm-hmm. Then we got Brasso. Then I feel like you have to go Renfro. All right. I'm okay but here's with that. where it gets weird, right? So, so we got righty, righty, left, I guess righty, righty. Hugo has to come in. Yeah. I think right, we're assuming Yoshi play. can play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you hurt? No, I mean, I just that they wouldn't stack only right-handed hitters, oh, okay. right? Okay. I, I think I think he is somebody that I think Yoshi and Lau and maybe Kiermaier are the three lefties that you can put in. Right. So that's where my brain starts going. So if we go Yoshi as a lefty in the lineup, and you've got Lau as a lefty, then your third one probably is KK, which means he's hitting ninth. That's so nice. drop drop yeah. KK down there. He's playing center field. Which means Adamas is hitting seventh in my lineup. I think that's fair, go. and then you and then you have your catcher at eight. So I, that's not bad. Which Zunino, right? So yeah, yeah, Adamas and he can run short. into one. 
Yoshi has to play third base. Third, yeah. Which means, oh boy, Renfro in right field and Brasso is my first baseman. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that, so that's, we, we sort of had the same lineup, but just a little different order. I like the righty, righty, left, righty, righty, left, righty, righty, left. That's it's very nice Kevin Cash. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Kevin Cash, that's, he does like that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so Shoemaker, game one, holding Ryu. Instant thoughts, gentlemen. Well, what are your Charlie Montoya, old friends? No, I'm fine with it. Right, he needs, to, he needs to manage the arm, right? So he's managing schedule. My my biggest mm. thing is like you're gonna see Ryu. Like he's getting game. He's gonna get game two. You've got Taewon Walker now, who's been your second best pitcher, maybe even better than Ryu since you acquired him. That you went out and got at the deadline, and now might not even pitch in the postseason for you if it doesn't get to a game three. When it would be, mm-hmm. I think game two would be his normal start day. I think he pitched last on the 25th. So I think that's the mistake. Now, Shoemaker, I don't think like he's a liability out there. I think he gives you a lower chance to win. Um, I, I understand the decision. I think that, you know, it wasn't really like a misdirection because he never said that Ryu was starting. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's not the decision I would make, but I am not a major league manager. So what do I when, and, and when it comes to a three-game series, you don't really need to play your best pitcher first. You are not going to get him again. The series, there's no scenario where you can pitch right. in one game and pitch in another. Even like short, that would be wildly irresponsible. So right. but you I, just unless have, you have they to plan on stacking, game. right? So if you are thinking... I'm going to put uh, Shoemaker out there. I'll let him go once through the order, and then we bring uh, in Ryu. Or Walker. Or, or Walker. Walker. Well, uh, I think Walker. No, lefty. You need I a think lefty. Walker's due to start. Uh, like his normal rest would be game, game two. Two. Yeah. Because he could go after Ryu. Because he pitched on the 25th. against the wall. Right. So if you don't use Ryu at all at game one and you're in trouble, you could, you could stack up. Yeah, for sure. Walker. Uh, after Ryu, why not? I mean, I like that mentality, and I don't think Montoya would be afraid to kind of mess around with it. It he really does the race, come down to so. the men, right? So the pitchers need to be comfortable with that entering a game late, uh, pitching out of the bullpen at first, and all that kind of mental preparation. Um, who knows if it's going if it's going sideways? Let's say they drop game one, they use Ryu. They win game two. Now you have Walker for game three, and you look like a genius. So I don't know. I'm fine with it. I think the thing, the key here for for the Rays still comes down to Ryu is the pitcher that's that's really good. He is the best pitcher on the Blue Jays by a large margin. The drop off is pretty good after that. Like Taiwan Walker has had some good flashes, but you're not super afraid of Taiwan Walker. Matt Shoemaker's had some flashes. You're not super afraid of Taiwan uh, Matt Shoemaker. Robbie Ray, you're praying that you get a chance to face him because you may not have to ever swing. He'll just walk you, you know, 30 times. Um, but in the bullpen, he could be really useful. Nate Pearson could be interesting. In the bullpen, he's not stretched out, but the he can throw 102 maybe out of the pen. Um, so they have some interesting arms, but, like, it's very high variance for the Blue Jays. Robbie Ray is a guy that could strike out 20 and walk 20 in the same game. He's in, he has a really interesting <laughs> arm. And as a bullpen guy who he, he has kind of done bullpen in the past and was very successful. And so he kind of started, maybe he can right. be good. 
but he could also go real sideways in an inning. And same with Pearson. Like those two guys have a lot of good stuff, but the command is there. Yeah. It's going to be fun if Pearson's in there objectively. Um, yeah. I mean, I want the Blue Jays to lose miserably. Don't get me wrong. But I do think it would be fun to see him pitch in the postseason. Oh, yeah. And I think think we'll get some of that. But I'm also – it's going to be interesting, though, because he hasn't pitched in a long time. You know, one of the things Holman wrote about this morning was that uh, kind of the long ball comes out in the postseason. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just like there's a certain kind of switch in mentality that happens. And on the pitching side, there's another switch that happens. And that's where – the adrenaline is through the roof and pitchers mm-hmm. stop giving a crap and they just start throwing <laughs> as hard as they can. And we saw that like with Glassnow and Cole last year, and it was just bananas. The miles per hour we were getting out of arms. I want to see Nate Pearson do that. I want to see him go out there and be like, I don't care anymore. And just, <laughs> Oh, all right. Now not mow the raise though. So I'm conflicted here, but objectively what a fun postseason pitcher. Yeah, he can yeah. pitch uh, uh, when the Rays are up six one, you know, in the eighth. <laughs> you need a got to crush it. it. Yeah, Danny, I kind of want your take on this. Darby and I, we talked we talked about it earlier. Say Yandy Diaz is ready to go, he makes the roster. G Man mm-hmm. Troy, not quite. Do you roster three catchers? Do you keep Kevin Smith there? Do you keep the same amount of pitchers? Or do you look at the rest of the players in the pool? And when it comes to position players, it's Ronaldo Hernandez, Vidal Brujan, Wander Franco, and Brian O'Grady. And do you pull from that group of O'Grady, Brujan, and Franco? I think if you're going to pull one in, it's, it's Brujan. Okay. Uh, as I so desperately want to see Franco make this postseason. They gave him the single-digit jersey already. He is ready to come in. He gets the number five. Uh-huh. Right. And it, it feels like a break glass kind of thing where if, you know, all of a sudden you see Brasso re-injured, Diaz re-injured, Tetsugo, what if they're not trusting his defense? It would be really interesting to them be saying, oh, no, <laughs> cut Gil Martin off the 40, man. Let's throw in uh, Franco now. Why not? How much fun would it be to see him take the field? But like, oi. <laughs> Um, I think if Choi is healthy, you only bring two catchers. Okay. And if Choi is not healthy, do you still stick with Kevin Smith as that last position player? Mm, yes. I went with Brian three game, It's a three-game series. It's a three-game series. It's not seven. In seven, I would kind of maybe even feel a little differently. But I like uh, – because seven is just a different roster construction. But we're talking about in the short term. Right, you want to be able to churn through and mix up your batting order late in games, and, you don't and need I feel like pitchers. there's going to be a lot of pitching changes in a three-game series. I don't think in a seven-game series with fewer pitching changes, I feel like you need to respond maybe a little less often. Uh, and then if there's an injury to a catcher, then you just drop and then you pull in Smith, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's I think Smith is a more valuable piece off of the bench than O'Grady. Because of what you can do, because and because you could actually, cat. yeah, and you can pinch hit him. He could be a guy that you you send up against Ryu if he's deployed that way. And again, Kevin Smith has one of the best bats against left-handed pitching uh, mm-hmm. over the last three years, oddly enough. But I right. do like if the, the Rays trusted O'Grady. We would have seen a lot more of him this year than we did. That's a good point. That's true. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's interesting. And then, like, you look, look you look at the pool. It's it's not going to be Bruhan or or, or Frank. Like, it would. Ha- I don't know. Like, it it would have to be, like, knock on wood. Willie Adams falls down a flight of stairs tonight. Like, yeah, that's the type of situation. Where I, I think Frank Franco is the Willie Adams insurance. Yeah, I think that's where. Well, he's I mean, Joey Wendell should he could play short this year. Y- yes, but if it's for, if if Wendell is there for spot. if he's if Adams is hurt for a game. If he's out for the rest of the postseason, then Franco, then Franco yeah. comes in. That's where that comes mm-hmm. in, I think. He, but I, I think it's like a 0.5% chance Franco gets added. Brujan, I put at 1%. But here's the thing. Anything, anything Brujan gives you, I think Brett Phillips is there already for you. Because you're not starting Brujan with, with Brousseau or Wendell. We need a race pronunciation guide on, on uh, Brujan. On all Brujan. these prospects. Yeah. I know. And Brett Phillips, though, we know. Him for, so. <laughs> yeah, Brett, Brett Phillips, Phillips is easy. Pronounce. Uh, totally right. Well, if you bring in Bruhan, it's for the speed, right? If you bring in Franco, it's because you've had a catastrophic injury. But you've got, for the speed, Phillips and Margot off the bench, yeah. most likely. Especially mm-hmm. if against a left-handed pitcher. One of them will start. Like, Phillips will start Phillips. against a righty. Yeah. I definitely think Phillips is going to make the postseason roster. That's oh, 1,000%. Just for the dance moves alone. I mean, with Shoemaker starting tomorrow, I think you start Phillips at one of the outfield spots. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, now that, there's something interesting. That's a spicy one. So, so let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do versus Shoemaker because it's the same lineup that you probably go against Walker or another righty yeah. that, that goes. So we have our lefty lineup. So that's if Robbie Ray were to get a start for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be your lineup against him. Mm-hmm. And it just would hopefully be more successful than Ryu. Mm-hmm. First shoemaker or versus Taiwan Walker, what is your right handed or what's your what's your lineup? Give me Yoshi leading off. Yoshi leading off is mine as yes. well. Lock yeah. it in. He, he is the again the bet he is the Yandi Diaz of the other side where it's great on base percentage. Uh we'll see a ton of uh pitches and will frustrate the pitcher right off the bat. I mean, so the Rays are consistently doing this though. The top three here are Yoshi, Brandon Lau, or Rosa Reyna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's is, what you'd right. roll with. Why would that change in the playoffs at this yeah. point? I think, I think that's a great top three. Uh, so the question then becomes who follows. And with Troy, with Troy Hurt, in his stead, <laughs> Nate Lowe has been hitting fourth. Right. So and do you continue? I don't see you putting anyone else in that spot, given the roster, makeup, and the pit, the, if it's a right-handed pitcher – I don't know if there's a right-handed bat that is good enough to where you'd put them in the cleanup spot over Nate Lowe. And you know what Nate Lowe is, is capable of. Yeah, left-handed bat, yeah. It's, I mean, I guess we know. It kind of looks like Troy. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> Troy was, and Troy was your cleanup hitter. Right. So. Um, if Troy is healthy, this gets weird, right? I think in that situation, you get something fun. And I think you get both. Well, because Nate Lowe can play third, maybe. Ooh, no, no, no! I <laughs> he can stand there. He can stand there, but I don't. I don't want him play. So you I think you, I think you go DH. I think oh, you go DH. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm because so I think you DH not Nate. Yes. Okay. And I think yep. you, I yeah, think you pull Yandy out in that case. Gotcha. For sure. yeah. So I, and I think then you that go makes your Nate. third baseman Wendell. Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. Who He's I think good. I think you can then go Nate Lowe, G Man. Then you could put in a righty that could be Willie, and then you can go back to Wendell, uh, KK, 
Um, you could have, and then that's where then you Phillips. could do. So who's the right uh, fielder in that lineup? Well, you need a catcher. Uh, no, you don't need one. Yeah, <laughs> not in 2020. Um, do we have a? Do we have Phillips in that lineup? All right, let's well, write it down. <laughs> so Randy's in I've right field. KK's, just... Yeah, Randy's in right field. KK's in center field. And then DH is Choi. First base is Lau, Wendell. Yeah, so I think in that situation, there's no left. There's no left fielder. So you could put either Phillips. You could put Renfro. Or you could put Yoshi. You could put Yoshi oh, there. We don't have a spot for Yoshi if we made G-Man Choi yeah. the DH. So, so it's a matter of if it's a matter of Yoshi G-Man becomes or, the third baseman. Yeah. So it's a matter of oh, the left fielder. Yoshi. Field. Yoshi can yeah. go to left. Yeah. I think I think Phillips just. I don't think you can really get well, a start in him. Hmm. No, Randy's, Randy's in right. right. Randy's in right. Move. Right. Has Randy played right field? Tomorrow, he will. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just haven't seen him do it. He's played right field for the Cardinals. So, so, some more news. Uh, Alvarado, Honeywell, throwing to G-Man Choi and Yandy Diaz in a live BP session, according to Mark Topkin. Great. So That's fun. There's that. Uh, it's so hard to guess with the injuries up in, up in the yeah. air. I think, I think the, the lineup, the lineup so we just discussed. So Yoshi, Bilau, Randy, Nate Lowe, Wendell, Adamas, and then Choi was supposed to slot in here, wasn't he? Yeah, you could switch Wendell and Choi. Okay, so put – I would put Wendell above Choi in this lineup. I thought I was just about to say. He's been playing. He's been playing well. I think that's fine. You could put Choi and Adamas. Do you put Choi behind Wendell? I put Choi behind Adamas. Seven. Yeah, I I mix. I do the lefty, lefty, right. Okay. And then you got Choi. What that would be eighth, and then Kiermaier, Zanino. Actually, no. So Yoshi Bilau, Randy Nate Lowe, Wendell Adamas gives you left, left, right, left, left, right. And then you can go Choi, KK, Catcher. Zunino, Perez. Zunino, yeah. Yeah, or uh, yeah, either way. Zunino, Perez. Left, left, Kevin right Smith. again. Yeah. So then you, you get the same pattern, right? Yeah. So then I'm, I'm noting all these. Third base to Yoshi, second base to Bilo. Nate Lowe gets first base. I think Yoshi's when, in in right field in that situation and Wendell oh, is le- is third base Yoshi's or or right field no he that's why I, that's why Randy goes to right field I don't know if Yoshi's I can put right field. pictures in the zoom chat but there's a picture Does of Wander right field? Uh, I doubt it fascinating I mean so uh, yeah I, you Troy could messes put, this up Troy you messes could, up the defensive alignment. I don't know. I'm not convinced if Troy is on the roster that he starts tomorrow. And I think that's also fine because, like, having him as a bench guy is really nice for late. It'd be fantastic. And then you slot you could, Yoshi into the DH and you start Phillips, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and that's the defensive priority as well. I think the Rays are going to prioritize their defense over. Because then the outfield is Randy, KK. Phillips? Yes. Yeah, and that's so if, probably if the best Troy out, defensive outfield possible. Defensive outfield. Yeah. And between KK and Besides Phillips, I guess KK hits higher, right? So Yeah. KK, Phillips. He has more of it. Phillips have been getting a lot of, lot of run. Uh, I think 
I could see it. Yeah, that's if you wanted your, your lefties. I could also see them. They have not been playing Renfro against righties. And you can easily sub in. I think the other, the, the other thing is if you don't want Phillips starting because you want him as a guy that you can mm-hmm. deploy later, I think you, and you don't want Renfro because you want him as a pinch hitter later, I think Margot in right field gives you that defense. It's a, maybe a little drop down on offense, right. but not really because Phillips is pretty shaky. So the, I mean, wouldn't not surprise me to see Margot get the call. Would not surprise me again, at all. Defensively, you have yeah. Kevin Kiermaier and Margot. Or, I mean, Phillips is, is the best defensive outfielder not named Kevin Kiermaier on the team, but Margot is right below him. Like, he's pretty darn good. Like, those, those three are three of the best defensive outfielders in baseball, so it's a nice problem to For have. Sure. And, and, but Phillips is faster. He is faster than Margot by sprint speed. Uh, so if you want the fastest guy to still be able to be used as a pinch runner some, somewhere in there, um, maybe, maybe that's how Kevin Cash. It's really Nice it's to see that easy. the Rays – I just saw the picture you were talking about, Brett. Nice to see that they are uh, playing Bronco at shortstop. So clearly he's the Adamus insurance, right? Right. right. I mean, from that one picture, yes. <laughs> we, don't know, yeah, we don't know where else he's been playing today but based on that picture yeah I, I today was, in the warm-ups before the playoffs he's at short mm-hmm. okay yeah I think that's I think that's where I, it was kind of odd to be like when he got added to the roster I think we all were like what's happening right now and then there was the uh, miscellaneous reports where people were like he's called up and it's like no 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 but, I would like to see him against Philadelphia that would have been fun I would have been fun at the 40 man it's just it's such a tough spot because like you is Gil Martin on the forty man right now, or is he still? He is still on the forty man. Okay, he's he gonna be. He has to be dropped on the forty man. He has to be. He would if Alvarado's healthy. You he's he was on the forty five man, so you would have to cut a forty man spot for him, which would be Gil Martin. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Most he's basically he's basically there as the lefty stand in until. Interesting. Yeah, if you need it, but I mean, it's really just a matter of. He's but he's also the last man, so yeah. it wouldn't be hard to. Move on if you and don't. lefties for the 28 for the postseason against the Blue Jays because there really is only Cave and Biggio as a lefty that you fear. You Kevin, 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 just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Biggio Jr., Biggio Jr., uh, younger, the the, the second. Um, Biggio, he's, Biggio? he's your lefty, Biggio. Uh, so I would say you could you, Ryan Shara. I, I feel like this is where like a Ryan Thompson might survive more than like a Shara or a Fleming because how many lefties mm, do you really need? Yeah, I don't know. I think I would just stack the lefties rather than take Thompson. And I love Thompson. Remember, I gave him my I'll root for him no matter what award yeah. last week. So yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past the race to hear me out. Cut Edgar Garcia if there's a forty man roster issue. If there's a need. Yeah, I think they. I think they were going to try to avoid that at all costs. But, so, but, but counterpoint, and I, I really hate to do this, but um, oh wait, Reed's on the forty-five injured, isn't he? Yes, yes, for his Never finger mind. issue. Yeah, so he doesn't even count as a forty spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, he's Never he's mind. he's good. He's here long term. Uh, the Edgar Garcia, I think they are going to try to. They want. I think they like what they see in him. I think of there's course. something there. But 
yeah, if it's if it comes down to it, like they're not gonna withhold a healthy Yandy Diaz. Right. The other option is moving McKay to the major league injured list. Yeah. Or or Honeywell. Well, but Honeywell might be a candidate for pitching in the postseason? Question mark? <laughs> what a what a that would be a race move right there. Guy hasn't pitched in the majors, has had two major injuries, finally back. He he'll he'll like get the ninth in like a two run game. Oh, <laughs> that would okay. be a Kevin Cash thing. Like, O'Grady oh, can go. O'Grady oh, would also. O'Grady oh, and get Ed Garcia are like these guys that are like very luxury for great games. Right? Like these yeah. are like, man, these these would be guys that could start and should start. Like, Edgar Garcia would probably couldn't have been any worse than the rest of the Phillies bullpen. Uh, oh my lord, but, <laughs> he came from the Phillies. I know that's what I'm saying. He was on there. <laughs> Let's talk about the Phillies. Fifth in runs scored, tenth in starter ERA. The bullpen is so atrocious they missed the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I, That's not the National League. Those were rankings in all of baseball. I I I know that it's like they're the punching bag, the Phillies bullpen. But yeah, the bullpen was a clown car this year. I think it, and maybe it gets worse. But I think there's a chance it gets better for them in a full season. Where their their offense they have more time to respond, more time to yeah. adjust. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it does not look good for the Phillies, who, other than that, looked like a really good baseball team. Um, but it does hurt that you know it's expanded postseason and they still missed, um, given the teams like sure. the Marlins that finished above them. So. There's just na- I'm looking at names here, and I'm just thinking, will this player be a meaningful piece? of the 2021 race, right? And O'Grady, it's kind of oh, hard yeah. to talk yourself into that one, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially They're, with the bats that can hit from the left side. Also, ain't no thing out. to lose Sheriff, lose Sleggers. Yeah. I mean, uh, great. They, they've been great role players right now. But if you got into a moment, yeah. and I'm, I'm talking about 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you're looking at Rule 5 prospects who have to be added or traded, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to lose Taylor Walls or Josh Lowe if you don't roster them. So that's two position players right away that you have to bring in. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, those at that are point, be, probably Kevin yeah. Smith is out and Sheriff is Brady's a, out. Sheriff would be out too. But on I the pitching she, side, you gotta, so Alvarado she. comes in, Gil Martin goes out. Mm-hmm. Reed has to come back in. And now you're like, dang it. I've got Thompson, Sleggers, Sheriff. That's Sheriff. Uh, that's Sheriff's spot. Probably, right? Yeah. And then Chaz Rowe. Are you going to keep Chaz Rowe? I doubt it, especially at the price. I don't think so either. A couple million for Chaz Rowe. Yeah. yeah. I like him. He's fun. He's a human highlight reel. He'll, some he'll some other a, team, he'll get a he's going to be good. Else. Yeah. Like, Philly should throw he, a bag yeah, of money at him. <laughs> there you go. Maybe he's going to double his salary by leaving. Mariners. Yeah. Mariners could be. That's a good spot for him there. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's one of those things you see this what you saw with the Astros, uh, like just the attrition, like they lost guys like Ramon Laureano, and then they've since just thrown at him every chance they've gotten uh, because they just the forty man's packed with good talent, so you're going to have right people that are spilling over, and it's like yeah, it's like well you're going to lose good talent to to, to the Rule Five, you're going to have to DFA a guy like Brian O'Grady who could absolutely be a bench guy or even start for some teams, but. It's just, you know, these are good problems. Real quick look around the league or, or across baseball. Your, your favorite underdog, that's oxymoronic, uh, the underdog that you think has the best chance 
to get out of this this wacky three game series, even though all of them have at least somewhat of a good chance to do it. I like the Marlins. Uh, oh, Marlins versus the Cubs. I think that that's a I, I Marlins is a great good matchup for the Marlins. I feel good great matchup. I would yeah. that was my first gut instinct as well. I think. So the weird thing about the seeding is sometimes you look at a good team ranked at a lower seed. And yeah. so actually, let's just go through. Let's, let's make our playoff prediction. Oh, all right. Okay. How long has this like podcast it. been going? Uh, an hour and a half. A while. <laughs> we, can cut, we, we can cut. We can this cut is, some of that. This is stuff. the podcast. It's a podcast special. So. All right. All right. We're going to combining it. both the podcast together. So it's all right, right. So round one, Rays or Blue Jays? Rays. Rays. In two. Of course. In two. In one. The Blue Jays are just <laughs> going to give up and go home. Uh, all right. Cleveland or New York? Cleveland. The That's my I pick. The I got the Yankees. I think this is going to go three. Uh, I think Cleveland – it's in Cleveland. The Yankees are not in their, their, uh, their safe space over there in New York. I think Cleveland takes That's it. That's true. And those WRC plus splits for the Yankees are not good. But they haven't played the Indians. Like that's hard. This is this is the this is the okay, best matchup so in the first round. Group of three. There's two options. I'm the tiebreaker. Come on, the Yankees are gonna win. All right, next round. <laughs> twins and Astros. That that was kind of that was the my twins. Process. The Astros yeah. are gonna lose. Astros are a horrendous road team. Yeah, Just twins, like the Yankees are not a great road team. Twi- twins. Twins are gonna win this one. Houston's <laughs> really you want to get spicy. Twins, uh, twins I, I really do wonder bad. why, Brett. Okay. I, I would take o- the Astros, but Oakland I think I'm outvoted. Oakland or Chicago? Oakland or Chicago? I like Oakland. this. I, I love this matchup, but I think I'm going to go It's going to be gonna go Oakland. I'm going Oakland because I think the White Sox have just been a death spiral for like the last two weeks. Like they've just they've, – they've qualified for the playoffs, but it got ugly right. on them. Oakland, you're going but, to Hollywood. Right, I, I so, like – I love the White Sox, but yeah, they're, they're something – At Oakland? Fun. Come on. No one got right, my joke On the other there. side – I, it's yeah. The, yeah, I got it. We it's all right. I, my response was exactly what it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers or Brewers? Dodgers two. Yeah, in one, one and a half. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Padres or Cardinals? Padres. Fine, fine. It's Padres. Slam dunk. Uh, Cubs in Miami. We're saying Lost. Miami's gonna Miami. They've never lost a playoff series. Sixto and Alcantara. <laughs> now get this one: Reds at Braves. Reds. Mm. This is this was my one for Brett's original question. Reds. With how great Bauer's been. I know. And uh, Gray. This is the one. And, this is the matchup where I'm and like, Castillo. Ooh, this is the biggest first round matchup for me. This is this is fun. This one and Cleveland, New York, I think are the two best. Like these I are mean, Cleveland, New York's gonna be interesting, but good night. I I am having a very difficult time. I think Atlanta is great. Here's the thing. If Atlanta wins, I like Atlanta over Miami a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think give Atlanta, me, this is, this is the if they can get through the, this, I think Atlanta's next challenge, real challenge, is L.A. But mm-hmm. this, this, this is going to be tough. They drew the worst wild card team to face. Okay, so Darby, you say Reds, and Brett, you say Reds? Yeah, and three. A Soroka okay. start might be enough for the Braves, but like obviously <laughs> he is done for the year. But if if Soroka had a start, I know it's such enough. a different equation. And Brett, it's a great point. If it was the Braves full strength, is, is if it was full strength, 
the Braves roster. I feel really good about the Braves, but yeah. I like the Reds it's offense, really but that, okay. that, that three pitching ver- is right, ALDS the second time. best. Razor Yankees in San Diego. Rays. You're the Rays. Rays. The Yankees are not the road team that they think they want to be, right? And I think, and I think San Diego favors the Rays. That ballpark does. Minnesota and Oakland playing at the Dodger Stadium. This is this is a, this one's good. I think I'm going to go Oakland here. Yeah, I feel good about Oakland. I mean, this is a two seed. I mean, yeah, it's, it's close. Montas close. has been good. They've got Lazardo. Lazardo has been interesting. Manaya is healthy, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, healthy as he can yeah, be. Give me Oakland. Bassett, Bassett's been a revelation for them, Chris. Bassett's yeah, and uh, their bullpen has been has been really solid. So good. In second, five. second best. Yeah. Also yeah. worth noting in five. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're all thinking Oak. All right, on the other side, Dodgers and Padres. Holy crap. What a, what a series. There's going, to be, there's going to be a ball thrown at somebody. Oh, Definitely. That is going to be good. Best Dodgers series of the postseason, Padres playing in the new ballpark in Arlington. Yeah, yeah. where the World Series will be held. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that weird. In the, in the lows, the converted lows. Um, uh, Dodgers in five. Very close. Dodgers in five. Very, very close. I'll go Dodgers in four, but a really exciting four. I like Dodgers in five as well. Yeah. Okay. Miami or Cincinnati? Hmm. Hmm. I, ooh, I love that. I, I actually would love this series. Why do we like this Miami team so much? It's not just six, though. It's, it, the, uh, I, Pablo Lopez is really good. Like, Pablo Lopez... People are like sleeping on this guy. Like he's he's not the he doesn't have the sexy strikeout numbers of like uh, of Sandy or of Sixto, but he has got great control. That changeup is really fun. Um, I like their pitching. I think the Reds though. They're, Three they're former Rays in the lineup. Corey Dickerson. Three former Rays. Former Rays everywhere in that lineup. Yeah, they just rejoice. Matt Joyce, the month of May. Yeah, you got uh, yeah. Um, Brad Boxberger. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're just everywhere. Uh, Ryan Stanek, the opener. Strength, if Sixto is at full strength. Well, so the crazy thing about going five days in a row is unless you have a starter pitch on a short rest, you're using your full rotation. Yes. Well, so Bauer, the bottom. Bauer says, and that's kind of been supported recently, that he pitches better four. on short rest on that fourth day, which, I mean, favors him in the postseason. And he's been, and, I mean, and Trevor, he's been probably the best pitcher in the National League. If and Trevor Bauer Bauer. pitches twice, if Bauer pitches twice, if he pitches game one, game five, the Reds have this. Yeah, that's yeah. why I picked the Reds. Trevor okay. Bauer's big master plan was that he wants to do one-year deals only to teams that will, that will give him the ability to pitch every fourth day. He's a crazy person, but uh, this is, the Reds have nothing to lose, right? He's a free agent. This is it. Blow it out. Let's go. I think the Reds. Yeah. Okay. In seven, Tampa Bay or Oakland? Tampa. Yeah. In San Diego. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Tampa Bay. And I, I mean, actually it's a great like thing the number like one seed, but five. that's a great matchup on a neutral It's a great field. matchup. The bullpen battle would be fantastic. I think the Rays bullpen's a little bit better, but they're both really good. Like, closer, closer, fantastic. Hendricks versus uh, Anderson. The great thing about the Rays. Uh, Diekman. 
the best. Yeah. He he stole Chaz Rose slider. <laughs> he did. It's it'd be fun. It'll be well, fun. And the Rays like, have the He went on pitching ninja and found it. The Rays, the Rays have the pitchers have the... that can actually strike Tommy Lastella out. Right. And the the floor on the Rays roster is just super high. Right. Right. I feel like Oakland is is more like a high variance team. They are. And I feel like Tampa Bay is a high floor team. And for some reason, I feel good about it. The same way I feel good about the Dodgers, right? So you look yeah. at Dodgers versus Reds. Who are you taking? Dodgers. Dodgers sweep. Dodgers. Yeah. Ooh, wow. I, I think, think the Reds get one. one. I think the Reds get one. I, right. Dodgers are amazing. They're an amazing team. They're just a great team, top to bottom. And then they had to move so, bets. Do we realize we just projected the race to the World Series? Rays, Dodgers, although that's like that's been like you can look at the athletic, MLB.com, ESPN, everyone's picking Rays, Dodgers. Like that is the popular pick, and it's chalk. Both and it's chalk. And it's the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one seed. Other than that, I've seen some Yankees, Dodgers picks, but I think that's like probably people, people that are Peter Gammon's age that are just like crazy <laughs> Yankees and Dodgers. But yeah, that's the oh, World Series we've picked. Peter Gammon. Yeah. yeah. Do I, I, are we going to pick our World Series? I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. I, I know we're because, all stalling. <laughs> we have all just started vamping instead of <sighs> throwing down the gauntlet. But this does seem like the Dodgers' year. If that, if you believe in that sort of thing, like everything that's that's happened. I mean, every year is the Dodgers' year. Right. Yeah. In the Dodgers, I would take the Dodgers Who, over the Rays. I know. Who's got the better offense? The Dodgers. The objective. Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. Who has a better rotation in seven? Rays. Debatable, but I would say the Rays. Rays. I say Rays. I'll say Rays, and mm. it's not just like I'm not. I don't buy into Kershaw postseason bullshit. I think I think he's a great pitcher, and sometimes the great pitcher gets tagged. It's small sample size stuff. Whatever. Um, I think it's it's close, but I I think the Rays have the better. Give me that their top three is the best in this postseason i think cleveland and new york and cincinnati are all very close behind because you have for top top two it i think feels cleveland real close has for me the scary i was I gonna think. say a push right in terms of playoff rotation that's a push for me right i i agree i mean i agree but i think that i, I think the rays have a, a slight edge so it depends like who's that i mean with yarbrough being that fourth pitcher who's that fourth pitcher for for the Dodgers. Dustin May. I, Dustin May. I'll take Yarbrough. Well, they also have uh, Tony Gonzalez. Here we go. Gonzalez. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I take, Tony Gonzalez's good. I take the Rays. I take the Rays, but like by a hair, literal yeah. hair. Well, yeah. here's why Bullpen. Bullpen, Rays. I take the Rays 1000%. Rays strong. Rays strong. Okay. So. Yeah. It's the Rays bullpen versus the Dodgers offense. Mm-hmm. That's the World Series. Oh, yeah, some, I mean, some exciting matchups. It's get ready for John Curtis seven. versus Mookie Betts. Advantage I don't, Curtis. I don't think I have it in me to to say the Rays will beat the Dodgers, but I'm excited for this year. <laughs> I think that, that would, would be. I think that series would be a lot closer than I think people on chalk would think. But I, I, I think people I definitely would think Dodgers think... is a big market. Blah blah blah. They have all the stars. They have all the people that people would name. 
right? Like they, they are like, oh, I know yeah. that guy. Oh, I know that guy. I mean, they've been to the World Series and lost a few times now. They should be household names. Well, they are the tough. The they are going to be the toughest team to beat in this postseason because they're the best built team in baseball. They have been this for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they are the best team. They are amazing. They have also a, t- a team that has like discipline beyond belief because of their GM, right? Like they didn't chase, uh, like they didn't chase Bryce Harper. They didn't chase some of this, like, um, and, you know, and, and your consolation prize is Mookie Betts. Yeah. They waited, they waited. Friedman waited to say, who am I going to throw the money at? Who am I going to, I'm not going to just give like a, they didn't chase even Machado who's very good, but they, they traded for him. You know who um, they ended up with in that trade, though, that would play a big part in this postseason? Bruce Gratterall. Like, he could be their, not secret weapon, but the, their key piece for this. A guy that could maybe he, go multiple innings out of the bullpen. Brewster um, versus Pete Fairbanks as the firemen that oh, throw, like, an absurd yeah. pitch in, like, they'll I be in the sixth or the first that. or the fifth or the eighth. Or yeah, the, Minnesota has to be knows. kicking themselves on that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how and, Boston. They, Bo- no, Boston and Boston. No, Boston one. Because they, Boston because they had him. For- that was part of that trade, and they oh, said, yeah. "Oh, I don't like the." They don't. They they were like, "I don't like the uh, the medicals." And then, mm-hmm. and then, L.A. was like, "You know what? Fine. I just we'll take him then." <laughs> and that's like gotta Boston be. could have had him for for nothing else. That was the trade. That's, that's got to be kind of be like, oh crap. When Andrew Friedman's like, uh, "Oh yeah, well I like that deal. I'll take him then." You gotta All go right. like, oh shoot. <laughs> uh, were those medicals that bad? Yeah, this this postseason, this first round is chaos, and then after that, I think we're gonna get to some good stuff. But this season, this has been real baseball. And now that we got here, all these teams really belong. I, I think we got a fun postseason. And I will say, I we all just picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, but it could happen. I will say about the first round, I'm not a fan of the three game series. I, I don't think a lot of people are, but. Wednesday and potentially Thursday, eight playoff baseball games in the same day. Hmm. That will be incredible television. And as a baseball fan, I'm excited for that. I'm not excited about the implications it has about the fairness of the season and all that, especially if they carry it over in the next season and beyond. But that day of the year where every single series has a game uh, will be absolutely incredible to watch on TV. Um, but all right. I think we've, I think we've covered it all. Um, gentlemen, thank you guys for hopping on. I mean, this is, this has been fun. Maybe we do some instant reaction pods after a couple of the games tomorrow race play at five o'clock or today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see how close our lineups got. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs>